This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Well, hello there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead podcast number 198, recorded on Monday, February the 9th, 2015. Yesterday was February the 8th, and that was the uh, date of the mid-season return for season five of The Walking Dead. Oh, man. Was I supposed to watch it? <laughs> you probably should yesterday? Should've. It was yesterday. Crap. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Phew. I watched it. Oh. I watched it live. I watched it on actual, real live, honest-to-goodness television. That's exciting. That You don't do that very often. No, I think this was the second time ever that I watched uh, The Walking Dead on actual, real live, honest-to-goodness television. <laughs> good. Well, real, actual, live. No, uh, uh, that's good. I'm excited. I'm glad you watched it and you didn't really actually forget. That would be hilarious because we'd have to <laughs> stop and then you'd yeah. go away and we'd come back and no one would be the wiser except that we talked about it, but you know. What are you going to do? So we are here today to talk about Season 5, Episode 9. It is the mid-season premiere after the hiatus for December and uh, January. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of things I want to do first. Well, really just one thing, and that is just to thank everybody out there for nominating us for the Podcast Awards this year. Um, I unfortunately don't know yet if we have actually picked up a nomination uh, because they haven't officially been announced yet. But I did want to throw out a big thank you to everyone that took the time to go over to the Podcast Awards website and submit us for a nomination. We'll see. Hopefully enough of you did, and hopefully, um, I don't know, hopefully we get a nomination whenever they do announce them. Wasn't it supposed to be last night that they announced? Well, you know, the, the website's kind of funny. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on over there on the website right now. It currently says that they'll announce the nominees on Sunday, October 27th. Wow, that's <laughs> a long time to deliberate. Yeah, considering the, the actual, like, award ceremony is in April. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... That may have that backwards. They Something like that. They No, I'm pretty sure the ceremony's in April. It's just the date on the site is wrong. So And October 27th is not a Sunday. So. No, I, I mean they, they, uh, they announced the awards before they announced the nominations. Oh, that's definitely that's, backwards. That's completely ass backwards. Yeah, it's, it is. It's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, there's nothing on their Twitter feed about it. Um, and yeah, so we, we'll see. I thought it was going to be last night because when I first went to the site and I, I just saw Sunday, I'm like, oh, Sunday, they're going to announce Sunday. And then it didn't happen. So I checked again and it says Sunday, October 27th. I'm like, well, that's not right. <laughs> is there a, a, is the 27th of this month a Sunday? I don't know. I didn't check. I'm not sure, but maybe that's what they mean. I'm not it's, sure. No, it's a Friday. Okay. So who knows what's going on? Not me. And uh, presumably, hopefully, somebody over there does, and they're going to announce them soon. But when they are announced, if our name is listed there, I will make sure to thank everybody once again, and uh, we'll find out then. Right. I'm just trying to transpose some digits here to see if it makes sense, because, you know, when you enter a date, it could be either month, day, year, or it could be day, month, year, or there could be a year, month, day. Right. So I'm just trying to transpose it. None of it makes any sense. There is no 27th month. So the 10th day of the 27th month would not be 
making any sense either. No, no, I really don't know what is going on. But regardless, they'll sort themselves out eventually, I hope. Uh, And when they do, I hope that we got a nomination. But I just wanted to thank everyone that went over and did that. When I posted on Facebook and asked people to do it, a lot of people, you know, commented and said, all right, done, gone and done it. You guys deserve it. Thank you very much. Great. Awesome. And so on. So thanks to all of you who did that. We will see. We will see what happens. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Um, one more quick reminder. That is just that we are still having the Record Your Favorite Scene contest going on. We did not get a lot of entries over the break, but that's okay. I mean, I understand people are doing other things. They're not sitting around recording things on their phone to send into podcasts. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I really wanted to win. I, I still want to win. Yeah. And I didn't submit an entry over the break either. Well, you and I were talking about doing you know, doing one, doing a recording, not because we want to win our own contest. That would not be cool. Uh, but because it would be fun to do one and it might give people some inspiration or a little motivation to do it if we get out there and record something. So we're not going to do that right now, but we're going to do it soon. Maybe next podcast or next week, we'll have something to, something to play for us or from us. Yeah. In the meantime, though, um, please, please record your favorite scene and send it into us. Do, do so by email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, or, you know, just send audio files to that address, or you can even use uh, the voicemail feature on our website, talkingdeadpodcast.com, to record right into your computer. So uh, mm-hmm. there's a pretty good prize at the end of the season. We want to get more entries and play lots on the show as we get through the next eight weeks. Eight weeks. Well, I guess, yeah, almost eight, seven more episodes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, with that stuff out of the way... It's time to do our recap of Season 5, Episode 9, and here's what it was called. What happened? And what's going on? What's happened and what's going on? What happened? And what's going on? What happened? And? What's going on? (laughs) All right, so we have four. We have four uh, reads of the uh, of the title there. The first one was Chief Broken Arrow in Nebraska. The second one didn't say his name, so unfortunately I don't know uh, who that was. The third one was Dave in Cheshire, England. He said that it was a very English-sounding title. Yeah, sounded English to me, yeah. especially in that English, that British accent. Yeah, that's right. And the last one was uh, Matt in Delaware, and he took uh, What Happened from a song by Sublime called What Happened. Oh. He said, the and is from the intro to the Lonely Island I'm on a boat music video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm on a boat. And <laughs> What's Going On is from uh the Marvin Gaye song called What's Going On. <laughs> so thank you everyone who sent that in to all four of you. I would like uh the titles to be music montages all the time. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. And and you know, whatever you decide to do, I just like having listeners read the title i mean yeah. it's it's good the more we get the better i'm not gonna necessarily always play all of them but you know right four or five i'm i'm okay with because they're pretty short so uh <laughs> 10 or 15 is fine yeah you know maybe at least for listening listening yeah. back all right so what happened and what's going on cold open we got a we got an interesting cold open this week it's a bit of a longer one and it's uh there's all kinds of stuff going on in here that's that's unfamiliar 
Yeah. So we, we start with a shovel, digging some dirt. Uh, we see Maggie crying. We see Noah crying. We see Father Gabriel speaking at a funeral service. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was assuming this funeral was for Beth. She just died. They need to have a service for her. Um, we see Noah telling Rick about his people in Virginia, and then we see Rick suggesting to the rest of the group that, you know, it's a long trip, but it'll be the last long trip we have to make, so we should do it. Um, we see a van, I guess, that our characters are in driving past a South Carolina sign, so they've really covered a lot of ground. They yeah. Are, they, they've already gotten to South Carolina. Um, and we see Mika and Lizzie, the good old girls, look at the flowers who, who are saying it's better now. To the camera. That's weird. Now, intercut with all this stuff, we have shots of a bunch of stuff we've never seen before. So we get pictures of a house or picture like a painting, a small painting of a house. We get shots of two kids. One of them looks like Noah, kind of, but it's hard to say. Um, We get a sun painted on some pavement. We have mystery houses and cars. We see the prison. We see Woodbury. We see a zombie in a car. There's a skeleton on the ground. And uh, we even see some of our main characters running around with their guns out, pointing at cars and stuff like that. With the backpack. With the orange backpack. That's right, yeah. And it all finishes up with a bunch of blood dripping down onto the picture, the little painting of the house before we get the opening credits. So watching this cold open, I really, really liked it to be. It was, it was a different kind of style, but uh, it, was, it was very interesting. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It had sort of a dreamlike feel to it almost, right? Some, um, a little ethereal almost with some of the lens flares and bright sun and, and stuff that we didn't recognize. Um, I liked how when we see a shot of Woodbury, we, we hear Rick speaking to the group saying it was secure and, and then it wasn't kind of thing. And yeah. we think he's talking about Woodbury, but he's not. And just overall, I thought it was good. It had a really good tone, really good feeling, and it opened a lot of questions for me. I'm like, what is all this stuff? Why are we seeing it? Why are all these sort of mystery shots important to what's going on in this scene or in this episode? Yeah, it made me think what's happened and what's going on. <laughs> so it's perfect. That's how they got the title. <laughs> yeah. And so the uh, the flares that they had uh, showing up, it's like a, a film being burned when uh, on a projector, right? So the film takes it's too, sits too long, the cellulose sits too long in front of the bulb and it burns and that's the uh, that's the effect i believe right 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 i've seen that in in film before yeah um do you think it had a significance in this sequence uh, i do because uh that kind of thing reminds me of watching old home movies uh and uh it gave me the impression that this was a series of memories okay then yeah that's uh turns out that's what it was yeah, it, it did. Spoiler alert. Yeah, for later. Um, I didn't really think that at the time. I was just sort of watching it going, I like the feeling. I like the tone. I want to find out where this is going. I don't know what these scenes are and how they fit in, but I'm intrigued. Right. <laughs> and and I like that feeling. That was good. I think I've, I think I've complained or at least commented in the past that sometimes I, I feel like this show is a little too predictable. Mm-hmm. And that may not be true for your average uh, viewer, but in this case, I'm like, this is great. I have no idea what's going on here, and I love it. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, so we get the opening credits, and when we come back, we're in the van that passed the South Carolina sign, and we have Tyrese, Noah, Rick, Michonne, and Glenn in the van. 
and they're talking about how they're five miles to their destination, and the rest of the group is only 10 miles back, but they're 500 miles from Atlanta. Right. They're a long way. They have come a long way. We know all this because Rick was on a walkie-talkie with Carol sort of updating her. Mm-hmm. So we have... Is This may be the first time we have... Is it? I don't know. The first time we have a significant time jump within a season between the break. Well, we had a, a significant time jump between three and four, uh, but this is the the first time we've had a significant distance jump. Yeah. Uh, like they've gone a long way, which we've had to assume that uh, it's taken them a while to get this far. Uh, you know, 500 miles, uh, how long does it take to drive 500 miles? Well, well, you can do it in a day. I mean, it's easy to drive 500 miles in a day if you if you... You know, if you want to, but right, you can do it in five hours if you drive a hundred miles an hour. And if there's nobody on the roads, then you're good. Do it. Yeah, I mean, we, we there's nothing obvious here to indicate that they were on the road for days or weeks or whatever. It's not like they were walking, right? Uh, Rick's beard is longer. Well, then, then episode eight. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I mean, maybe it took a week to travel five hundred miles. His beard grew a little bit. I'd give it a couple of weeks. Okay. I mean, for fun. by the time you hit, you know, cars blocking roads and a giant zombie herd that you have to go around and tunnels that you're afraid to go through and things like that. Yeah, it, and you, you want to stop at the roadside attractions as well. Like if there's a giant tomato that you need to uh, to, get to go in. Like there's <laughs> down the, the 401, there's a giant apple that you can go in and climb all the way to the top and then buy apple pie on your way back. You know, they might stop there. You know, let's take a look at the giant uh, the giant rocking chair. Or or whatnot, you know. So they want to pull off and uh, enjoy the scenery. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. They're on a road trip. That's what you do. World's biggest pierogi on a fork. You drive past that, you're gonna stop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? No, who wouldn't? Uh, the 401, for those who don't know, is the main highway that crosses over the top end of Toronto, where we are. Um, and Jason's right. There's a giant apple. Have you gone in that apple? I have not. I've driven by that apple many times. I'm talking about you having to stop at roadside attractions, but I've never stopped at that particular one, although I've driven by it and thought, mmm, pie, because I know they sell pies. It's because you live here. If you were an an out-of-towner on a road trip and you didn't stop at that, you'd really be missing an opportunity. I don't live in that town. I don't even know what town that is. Well, but I mean, you're from the area-ish, right? Ish. There's a giant loony near the Sioux. There's a big nickel in Sudbury, Ontario. I've been I've stopped at the big nickel. See? Well, that's uh I guess you're from up there too. So I don't know. I've been to the big nickel too. Big loony a loony is a one dollar coin in Canada. And there's <laughs> a big one near just outside of Sault Ste. Marie because that's where uh, in Echo Bay, because that's where the guy who designed it uh, is from there. Okay. Hopefully we don't have to explain everything we're talking about uh <laughs> as this episode goes on. Anyway, time has passed. Distance has been traveled. Covered, yep. Uh, in the car, Tyrese and Noah, they're talking about what happened at the hospital. And Tyrese is talking about uh, when he was a kid listening to the news on the radio. And he said his father taught him to face the world's problems. Like you can't turn the radio off, whether it's happening in your backyard or halfway around the world. You can't hide from them. And uh, that's kind of important. But mm-hmm. uh, Noah reveals then that he has a couple of twin brothers too. Right. So we're starting to get hints of what we were seeing in the cold open. We've got those boys in the picture pretty clearly now pictures of Noah when uh, when they were younger. That's twin brothers. Like there's two, the, the twin brothers. The pictures are of the twin brothers. Oh, yeah, of course. That makes sense. So he's the third brother that's not a twin. That's right. All right. Well, okay. Pictures of his family. Yes. 
Um, Rick decides that they will approach, you know, now they're getting close to the compound in Virginia, Richmond, mm-hmm. Virginia. And Rick decides that they'll approach through the woods on foot because he can't just drive up anywhere. If you're Rick, you got to no. walk, you got to sneak in, bury your guns and then climb the fence. It's not like a McDonald's where you can just drive through. <laughs> no, it's this a, is a compound, heavily fortified compound. You never know right. what's going to be there. Right. Uh, so they leave the car by some other wrecked cars. Figuring that'll just blend in with the wreck. <laughs> Which is smart. Car camouflage, exactly. And uh, they start traipsing through the woods. We see the skeleton on the ground now that we saw in the cold open. Mm-hmm. So more shots from that cold open. And they pass through some wire that's been strung up between some trees, I assume, to prevent zombies from, you know, walking through the forest unimpeded. Yeah, just to trip them up, just to uh, you know, slow them down a little bit. I'm sure it wouldn't stop them, but it would make noise and slow them down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would stop. I think zombies would get pretty confused by that, right? They well, wouldn't... they they would, but then they would fall over and then they would start crawling and then they get back True. up again. I'm sure that uh, you know it'd be actually kind of difficult to get them permanently trapped in that uh, in that wire. No, you're right. That's that's true. Um, uh, and if there was enough of them, they might just push right through it. Right. If there's a big enough herd. So passing through that, uh, they come out of the forest onto another road, I guess, and they approach the gate of a place called Shirewilt. Shirewilt. Yes, which is a reversal of Wiltshire, which which was way, way, way back early on in the comics. They went to Wilshire Estates. Yes, they did. They walked past a grandfather clock in the middle of the road. Was it a grandfather clock or a grandmother clock? There's a grandmother clock? Grandmother clocks are smaller than grandfather clocks, but they're still upright clocks. Are they? Yeah. I never never knew that there was such a thing as a grandmother clock. I thought there was like uh, grandfather clocks and different sizes and such. Nope. Grandfather clocks are big. Grandmother clocks are a little bit smaller. I I have a feeling, I may be totally incorrect here, but I believe there are granddaughter clocks too. I'm looking that up. Grandmother clock. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. Son of a... Okay. Yeah, it was a grandmother clock. I see uh, different pictures of grandmother clocks that look exactly like that. I didn't know there was such a thing as a grandmother clock. Well, you learn something every day, my friend. Now, I liked this. The the clock seemed really random on the road there. Like, what was it doing there? How did it get there? But I sort of didn't care about that, and I just kind of took it for what it was. I think they were trying to sort of show how meaningless, you know, time is anymore. Yeah. Or at least like maybe somebody packed up their truck full of stuff and decided to go from uh, Shirewilt to uh, to Whereverville, and uh, it fell off the truck. I love that place, Whereverville. Yeah, you need grandmother clocks there. Apparently, um, uh, even more so now because it's missing one. That's right. Uh, yeah, who knows what? I, but I was just sort of like, hey, look, that busted clock is on the ground. Nothing else is around. Clearly, time is not important. You just you just live now, right? Yeah. We had that uh, we had that philosophy when I was a kid, and we'd go up to the uh, uh, to the cottage in uh, up in the Sioux. We called it camp. We'd go to camp, but uh, there was always a philosophy that my parents said: uh, leave your watches and clocks behind, because when we go, uh, we eat when we're hungry, we sleep when we're tired, we get up when the sun comes up, or whenever. So there was no uh, there was no clocks allowed. At that, all. That's interesting. Now it's. Um... Now you have to do that with your phone and your laptop and stuff like that. Yeah. Cottage would be boring without my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find stuff to do, man. Make 
make campfires and go for canoe rides and climb oh, trees. Oh, I do all that. But then I sit there and uh, check my email and read, various such things. Read books. Oh, I do that too. It's all good. Doesn't sound boring. Or take some kids with you. They're never boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, and, or if they get bored, you're going to hear about it. So anyways. <laughs> Uh, they get up to the gate of uh, Shirewilt, and Glenn climbs to look over, and as he's looking over, he sort of turns back and shakes his head. Um, wasn't clear exactly what he meant here, but they all climb over, and they find the town all burned out and destroyed. There's bodies everywhere, and Noah falls to the ground in despair, and we see the sun painted on the pavement, so another shot from that opening. Yep. Um, so it's not a good sign. They've traveled all this way, 500 miles, and the place is destroyed. It's kind of a bummer. Um, so there's at least one zombie around, which Michonne decides to go and kill. Rick tells Noah that he's sorry. He really is about, you know, this place being, you know, everyone being dead and so on. And he says, but they'll search the place and, and head back. We'll probably find some stuff we can use here. It's not going to be all for all for naught. Um, Tyrese agrees to stay with Noah, who's still crying on the ground, and uh, Rick radios Carol to let her know that it's gone, so the rest of the group doesn't have their hopes up. Yeah. Um, we cut to a scene with Rick and Glenn talking about Dawn and the hospital, and Rick says that Dawn didn't mean to do it. He could, he could see that, like yeah. kill Beth, but he still wanted to kill her for it. Yeah, didn't mean to do it. When you draw your weapon and point it at somebody, you mean to do it. I disagree with with Rick in this case. Uh, I suppose, yeah. I mean, why have your weapon out if you're not intending to use it? But yeah, maybe just uh, maybe just um, uh, intimidate somebody. But yeah, it, I just I find it hard to believe that uh, uh, you know drawing your weapon, pointing at someone, and pulling the trigger is a didn't. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. My bad. Well, ex- except the trigger pull was accidental. She got stabbed, and her reflex was, you know, yeah, make a fist, which was pull the trigger. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, he still wanted to kill her, which is the point. And uh, he said that they came all the way here to Virginia because it was for Beth. It's what she wanted to do. She wanted to get Noah home. Did you see the pistol that Glenn had in his holster? I did not notice it. It is uh, what looks like a nickel-plated Colt forty-five. It is a beautiful firearm. Really, yeah, he must. It's very shiny. It's very. Uh, it looks. Uh, it's a dress firearm. It's like it's. It's for show. It's not just this thing that's sitting in a closet, but uh, that somebody has just in case. It is something that uh, you put on display or you wear with a dress uniform of some kind. Are dress firearms actual firearms? Well, like yeah. they can. They, they're not just props. <laughs> well, they have real nickel-plated Colt forty fives. Okay. But, uh, yeah, just that's what it looked like to me. I could be wrong on the actual Colt forty five, and I could be wrong on the nickel-plated, but uh, it definitely was uh, some shiny pistol. Look, looked really nice, eh? In the holster, yeah. I, w- I was looking forward to him uh, uh, whipping it out there. Okay. Well, uh, he doesn't whip it out quite yet, but maybe later. And uh, instead, we see Tyrese telling Noah his life story <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, he says how he wanted to die, but he didn't give up and has since saved people like Judith. He was there when he need, when she needed him. And he says that he chose to live, and he tells Noah that this isn't the end. Just because this place is gone, this isn't the end for you. Yeah. 
And uh, that inspires Noah to get off and run off down the road, and Tyrese chases him. Mm-hmm. We go back to Glenn, and he's still talking to Rick. And uh, this time, now he's talking about um, after the prison, but before he got to Terminus, he says he felt like things went okay because he got Maggie back. And uh, then he says they lost Washington, and Beth got killed. And, um, you know, now he wouldn't make them stop. And what he's referring to is uh, he mentioned the guy in the um, in the shipping container when they were fighting their way out of Terminus. Right. He made them stop to rescue that guy. Right. And he sort of feels now that, you know, he wouldn't do that anymore because now it's all about them and their survival and stuff like that. Yeah. All those guys can go screw themselves. That's right. He's He's lost his his desire to help anyone but the people who are most important to him. And uh, some crazy dude in a shipping container is obviously not that important to him. Yeah. Just you uh, can write that down as a general rule. Crazy yeah. dudes in shipping containers are just not that important to survival. Just leave them there. <laughs> uh, Glenn says that now he'd run right by and he says he would have shot Dawn right or wrong. So he's he's ruthless. He's becoming ruthless. Now, at this point, Michonne chimes in to say they need to stop. Like, clearly, you people are starting to lose it, lose some humanity. We need to stop. We need to take a break. And uh, she says that people can be out here on the road for too long. Right. And you know how I know that Glenn is uh, is going going over the deep end and is completely ruthless and and dangerous now? How do you know? In the back of that, uh, back of the truck, he broke a CD. He was hanging on to his CD, and he bent it in half and broke it. Back at the beginning. Yeah, back at the beginning. So that's how I know that he's uh, he's gone over the edge because he, he took a perfectly good CD and he broke it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that may, that means anyone's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what CD it was because we were looking at the shiny side. So, you know, even if it was a Nickelback CD, it's still pretty crazy. <laughs> not that crazy, though. <laughs> Break your Nickelback CDs. It's, it's not it's terribly, okay terribly me. crazy, but it's still pretty crazy. <laughs> Um, and while Glenn's talking, he reaches down and picks up a baseball bat. So that's going to be his for a while. It's going to be his new weapon. It is a, uh, some kind of prize baseball bat. Like it was in a a baseball bat, uh, display case. Yeah. I mean, and just a minute before this, Michonne picked up the baseball jersey that was behind glass too. And she said, clean shirt, (laughs) clean shirt. So, uh, I, I wanted to get a closer look to see if they had information on, Whose baseball bat and whose jersey that was, but uh, as far as I could tell, we couldn't uh, we couldn't see that. Yeah, no, I didn't see that either. But a baseball bat's not a bad weapon in the zombie apocalypse. No, especially if you put a big spike through it, or wrap it in barbed wire, or wrap know? it in barbed wire. If yeah, there's all lots, kinds of stuff you could do with a baseball lots bat. Lots of lots of good stuff. Uh, all right, we see Noah and Tyrese again. They arrive at Noah's house. He says so, and he wants to go in, but Tyrese says, "No, no, no, me first. We got to check this place out." Well, this see, this uh, actually made me think that Tyrese is going back on what he said earlier about you have to face life, right? You have to face things. You don't turn the radio off. You don't. Uh, you have to. You have to face things head on. And all of a sudden, he stops Noah and says, "You don't want to go in there." It just didn't make sense. It was kind of counterintuitive to me. Yeah, I I can see that, but I mean, ultimately, they they do go in. I think he just wants. He just knows Noah at this very moment is in a bit of a fragile state. And so yeah. he probably is like, you know, yes, you have to face things. You can't turn your back on stuff. But at the same time, pick your moment, right? Like right, right now you've got a, a, a twisted ankle or whatever it is. And 
and you're mostly unarmed and you're not thinking straight necessarily. Maybe now is not the right time to face stuff. I think that's what Tyrese was getting at, but I can okay. see your point. Yeah. Um, so they go in and uh, they find a, a pretty gross dead body with its head caved in. Noah goes to it, covers it with a blanket, and starts talking to it. I, is it Noah's mom, maybe? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's the impression I got. I thought it was Noah's mom. There's an open so. laptop right next to her. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so they uh, they could have had, you know, the internet. Mm, probably not, but probably they could have tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Noah's doing that, and meanwhile, Tyrese goes into a back bedroom, passes a door where he sees some movement under the door in mm-hmm. the light coming from under the door. And uh, he ex- inspects some photos on the wall. It's a, it's a bedroom he's in and it's the two boys from the cold open. So it's Noah's twin brothers. Right. <clears throat> and while he is inspecting those photos, a zombie sneaks up behind him. And as he turns, his arm gets bitten. He's bitten in the arm. Yeah. Right on the old arms. He's, not good for Tyrese. Man, I did not see this coming at all. No, I thought me neither. For, I thought for sure he was going to turn around just in time, kick that little zombie boy down. It's one of the kids in the picture. Yep. And and save himself, but he didn't. He got bit. And uh, he, you know, he he's reeling from this because he can't believe he just let himself get bit. And Noah jumps in and stabs the kid in the head with a model plane, which was awesome. <laughs> right in the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch what kind of plane it was, but some sort of fighter jet that's very pointy on the end, and he yeah, just very stabbed him. pointy fighter jet with like an F-16, or I have no idea what it was either. I don't know, but uh, clearly this, the whoever lived in this bedroom, one of those kids, was a model builder, and, and like me, when I was that age, I used to build model planes all the Did time. You? Yeah, and I'd hang them from my ceiling, just like they were in that room. Oh, I only built one model in my entire life. It was a, a model X-Wing fighter. I did those. I did X-Wings, TIE fighters, but I did all the main, you know, real-world fighter jets, F-14, F-16, F-15, lots of them. Nice. I've yeah, always I... wanted to do that as a kid. Someday I will. Well, break out your time machine and try it out. Sure. All right. Uh, and then, so Noah stabs the kid and then runs out to get help. And we go to a commercial, and when we come back... We are after the break, and uh, Tyrese, he's he's sitting there bleeding out, and uh, he hears a news report on a nearby radio about a series of attacks along the coastal district. And we hear phrases like random violence and military in disarray and stuff like that. So the radio's not on. He is hallucinating this. Right, yeah, which becomes evident in a, in a second. Yeah, um, because suddenly we see Martin from Terminus. Yeah. Martin's sitting there against the wall again. Martin is, of course, dead. He was killed in the uh, church by Sasha. And um, what we get now is kind of a glimpse into Tyrese's mind and subconscious here. We have Martin telling him how things could have been different if he just killed him. He's saying, you know, I wouldn't have gone back and told uh, Gareth where you guys are. Gareth or Garrett? Crap, uh, Gareth? Garrett. Yeah. Gareth. Gareth? <laughs> crap the the leader of terminus <laughs> yes uh i wouldn't have gone back to tell him where you are and you know maybe bob would be alive and maybe beth would be alive and maybe you wouldn't be bitten right now and Dumbass. and uh yeah 
And and then suddenly Bob is there too, and Bob says, "No, that's bullshit. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't change things." Um, we hear more radio uh, radio stuff. It's like terrorizing villages at night is what we hear this time. So, um, you know, interesting stuff about early radio reports of of what's happening in the zombie apocalypse. I guess. And then suddenly the governor is there, yeah. and he's reminding Tyrese that he said he'd do whatever he had to earn his keep. Yep. At Woodbury. Um, David Morrissey returns to The Walking Dead. David Morrissey is back. Had no idea this was coming. Me neither. You know, it was it was great. Uh, Mika and Lizzie are there saying it's better now, Tyrese. Yep. You know, so there we saw them in the cold open. Um, you know, the, the, the governor, we cut back to him and... He's talking, and he starts to approach Tyrese, who's on the ground, but suddenly it's a zombie. Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, Tyrese gets up and fights it off, but he's already injured, and he's already bitten. So he's really just, you know, fighting for the what's left of his life at this point. And he, he gets the zombies somewhat gets the better of him, but he puts his bitten arm up in the zombie's mouth, knowing yeah. once you're bit, you can't yeah. get more bit. That's right. Yeah, he used his... his- bitten arm as a shield to hear on this thing as yeah. a sacrifice. He sacrificed his own arm to save, uh, try and save himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you, you can't get more bitten once you're bit. And, uh, he grabs some sort of rock thing or stone from the shelf nearby and smashes the zombie. So he manages to take out that zombie. But again, it's too late for Tyrese at this point, unless there's some sort of miracle. And uh, he kills the zombie, falls back to the floor. He's injured even worse. And uh, we see blood pooling on the little painting of a house. Yep. Just like the cold open. So Tyrese is in rough shape here. I I did not have any idea this was coming. I figured Tyrese would be with us for a while, you know, and if he didn't make it out of this season, you, you figure they'd build up to this sort of thing, but they just hit us right with it right off the bat. Yeah, I it was uh, I was surprised that they would uh, they would kill somebody off uh, this quickly in the second half. Yeah, but I mean that's okay. I like I like being surprised. I'm glad they're they're starting to do this stuff. You know, it's to to shock us a little bit more. For sure. Um, and and I really enjoyed seeing those characters again. I mean, we had different feelings, you know, different things that uh, that Tyrese was feeling or thinking being expressed by these other important people in his life that have that have died yeah so i think it was a really really effective way of doing that um outside we see michonne trying to convince rick that they could use the garage doors from the houses and trees around the place to secure uh shire wilt and that they could actually stay there and uh, rick says nope (laughs) (laughs) he's like no we're not gonna do that no (laughs) Well, they're in the um, middle of a forest, like he said. They're, they're in the middle of a forest. They'd have to. Uh, they can't see. Like a herd could be on top of them before they would see anything. Yeah. And and then Michonne says, "Well, we can cut down the trees and make uh, make a a killing field." But do you know how much work that would be to cut down a forest around a town? Oh well, cut down the forest and then process the wood and make walls out of the wood and yeah. Oh, it's not a little house on the prairie. No, this it would be so much work. I mean, I don't think Rick is wrong at all. Um, this is just not a place to stay. It's just not yeah. that safe. No. Um, but they they walk through a break um, in the uh, fence, in one of the fences, and they see a bunch of severed legs and arms 
uh, scattered around, and it looks like a vehicle drove off into the woods. Right. I'm not really sure what that was all about, but it was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, a, it was a little weird. Just parts. It's just parts of things, and and mostly just the bottom parts, just the the legs and the yeah. hips of of people. Um, so Michonne, uh, you know, Michonne at this point is like, yeah, okay, maybe Rick is, is right, but she says we still should go to Washington. We're only a hundred miles from Washington now. We should we should go there. Yeah. And Rick this time agrees. He says, "Yep, we're going to Washington." You know where I would go? No, Cheyenne Mountain. Where's that? It's well, I don't know where it is, but it's uh, one of the. It's the head of NORAD. It's where uh, war games took place. All right, a game. If there's any place that's still up and running, I think it would be Cheyenne Mountain. It was designed as a bunker for you know the apocalypse. There's probably a lineup of people trying to get in there right now. I well, mean, in, in, in the in the show. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, or there was at some point. Uh, well, hey, that's not a terrible idea, but they decide to go to Washington, and Rick agrees. I mean, what else is he going to do, though? It's not like he says, no, we turn around, we're going back to Georgia. Yeah, why would you do that? You know it, what's back there. There's nothing back there. It's all garbage. You have to go forward, go someplace else that you haven't been, and def- you know, and find out if it's garbage. Yeah, try somewhere new. You know, yeah. makes sense. Um, so they agree to go to Washington, but suddenly they hear Noah screaming for Rick. They run and they find him surrounded by zombies outside a house, which they kill. And there's a cool scene here where Michonne gets the katana out and tries to slice the head off a zombie, but he's got a piece of rebar stuck in his (laughs) neck. Yeah. And the sword just bounces off the, off the rebar. It failed. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you got to watch out for that rebar. Hope the sword's okay. I hope so, yeah. I mean, there's probably a chink out of it or something. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on uh, the quality of the katana. If it was, uh, you know, if it was a real fighting samurai sword, real katana, it wouldn't, it'd be fine because, you know, it's hardened, folded steel against uh, iron rebar, right? Yeah. So the iron is soft. Okay. So it's probably all right. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a pretty I, good I would sword. hope it's all right. Good. Uh, but the point is, it doesn't cut through the rebar, and nope. suddenly she, you know, swings at a zombie's neck, and nothing happens. Yeah, uh, that's not what you expect. Um, but Rick helps her out. He he manages to take out that zombie, and Noah, of course, says that Tyrese has been bit, and they run off. When we come back from a commercial break, um, we are back with Tyrese, and now Beth is there, and she's singing to him. Mm-hmm. So we get some Beth singing. This is likely going to be the last time we have Beth singing on the likely, show. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't like uh Anakin Skywalker thing where, you know, he shows up as a ghost every time someone dies and stands there. In this case, Anakin Beth will only show up. showed up once. It was uh, <laughs> okay. uh Obi Wan Kenobi that showed up a whole bunch of times. Sorry. Yoda I think showed up once and uh, with Anakin. Right. Um yeah, okay, maybe you're right. But I don't want ghosts to show up every time or, you know, visions or hallucinations to show up every time and especially not beth if she's going to sing use the force luke nothing against her singing i think her singing is great but they can't do it all the time so i imagine this is the last time we'll see beth singing on the show yeah um i mean look at dexter i mean the ghost of his father showed up the entire run of the show oh yeah constantly if he was singing i probably wouldn't have liked that show either probably probably not um so she stops playing and she says it's okay it's okay Tyrese you got to know that now so sort of reinforcing what the girls said um Bob is there he agrees so does everybody else 
Martin and the governor, though, they continue to try and convince Tyrese that he is weak. They're sort of like his dark side, right? Right. And his friends are his, his light side. Um, the governor reminds him that he forgave Carol for killing somebody that he loved. And that, to the, to the governor, is a sign of weakness, I guess. Yeah. Um, Tyree stands up, though, and he says he knows who he is. He says he never gave up, and he always looked problems and terror straight on so he could help. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he chooses the, the light side, basically, which is cool. And then the governor knocks him down again, which I didn't really like. I, I didn't like the idea that, that uh, sort of a, a figment of his imagination was able to push him to the ground. Well, why? Well, I, I get it. I mean, he probably just, you know, in, in, in real life, either he was pushed down by his friends arriving on the scene, who we see in a second, or he just fell back down again, and it was just kind of a, a representation of what happened. Because he's hallucinating. Well, that's what that's what I assumed was that he fell down because of uh, disorientation, and uh, it just it manifested as one of the uh, you know one of the apparitions pushed him. Yeah, I just I just would have preferred if they hadn't touched him like that. I just for some reason I just like I like it better when in this kind of scenario where people are hallucinating or or dreaming or whatever. You know, there's a there's a barrier, there's a separation between what's real and what's not real. Right. And when someone touches someone or, you know, physically pushes them down like that, it, it breaks that barrier for me. So oh, okay. it's not a big problem, but I I would have preferred not. Like when the zombie came at him, sorry, when the governor approached him and turned into a zombie, there was no contact until the zombie was sort of in, until we were back in the real world, right? Right. So it was there. the zombie that attacked him, not the governor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In this case, the governor pushed him down. But I get it. It's sort of what Tyrese is seeing and not what's really happening. Because the next scene is, is you know, Lizzie picking up his hand and pulling his arm out. But we immediately cut to her being Rick, pulling the arm out, and Michonne chops his arm off with the sword. Right. Trying to save him. Um, so I get it. I mean, he's he's experiencing things that his friends in the real world are doing as his hallucinations. It, it's fine. I, I can live with it. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, so they cut his arm off, trying to save him, which, you know, he's been bit for a little while at this point. Yeah, gotta... I was I was concerned that uh, that it would work uh, yeah. because it was uh, such a long time between being uh, ha- having been bit by the zombie and the arm coming off. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't want it to work either. It would have set a precedent that it takes, that you can wait a while, basically, and it's sort of... It, it almost removes the tension a little bit if someone gets bit and you know that, okay, five minutes later, if they stumble, you know, stumble around for a while, they right. can still be saved, which I don't want it to be that easy to save people. Right. Um, we have a bunch of fast cuts now of them running out of the house and back towards the gate. Um, they get to the gate. And there's a bunch of zombies there, which they have to kill. And we get another great slow-mo sequence here um, of them slicing and, and shooting zombies. The and they uh, all... opening of the gate. So the gate was locked when they got there, right? So they were bashing at their uh they were bashing at the gate with the baseball bat to try and open to bash the lock to get the, the gate open and they eventually got it to work. I'm just marveled uh, marveling at the fact that there's uh, five, six people in the zombie apocalypse and nobody has a crowbar. 
Uh, yeah, that's true. Everyone seems to have a crowbar in the zombie apocalypse. And you video need a games. crowbar. At least somebody should have a crowbar. You know, one out of five people carry a crowbar because yeah. worst case scenario, you have a crowbar. You can use it as a crowbar. Exactly. It's right? a handy tool. Yeah. <laughs> so carry a crowbar, somebody. All right. Well, 20% of you anyway. They didn't. They bashed that thing open. You know, my first thought was, why not? have a couple of people with guns climb up on the wall and shoot straight down and just take out as many as they can before they open the gate because it didn't seem that difficult to climb the wall on the way in just climb it now and you know shoot some zombies in a barrel which is easier than opening the gate and trying to do it but i get it they were panicking they needed to be as fast as they could because tyrese had a pretty bad arm injury yep (laughs) or lack of arm and so they just opened it and went for it and it was close. One almost got through, but Rick turns around and uh, takes two shots at the final zombie to kill it. She was wearing scrubs, that final uh, zombie. Really? Which I found interesting. It was a uh, hospital nurse or hospital employee zombie. Yeah, she was wearing uh, what lo- it looked like scrubs, you know, dirty old scrubs to me. And she had a little name tag pinned to her shirt. So uh, it was a hospital worker. Did Could you read the name? No. All right. Um. I thought it was just fascinating that Rick took two shots to kill it. Rick did not put the first shot right in the back of her head. Finally. It only took five seasons for him to miss a head. (laughs) That's right. From only a foot and a half away. Yeah, exactly. From right there. But, you know, it's okay. It added to the tension a bit. Now, through all of this, Tyrese is still hallucinating stuff. He's seeing things. He's seeing people. And I really got the impression that what they were going for here was his kind of life flashing before his eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. He is he is on his last legs here. He is seeing all the stuff in his life that, uh, you know, made him happy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they keep going. They're going back through the forest. They go through that wire, but his foot gets caught because they're dragging him along. Yep. Um, so that takes a second to get untangled. And uh, they eventually get him to the car. Um, Rick tries to drive, but the car is stuck. I guess it's stuck on the uh, <laughs> dry leaves of the forest floor. I don't know. Um, but he eventually gets it to go, and the car kind of just shoots forward, and it rams into one of the other cars that are there. The pop, or the, the, the back pops open. Yep. And all, a, a whole bunch of walker torsos. <laughs> come falling out, crashing out of the vehicle he hits all over the front of their car. And these are the upper halves of the zombies we saw earlier by the gate. Torsos and heads. Just a truckload of torsos and heads. So what the hell is going on? Like, why would someone chop a bunch of zombies in half, load the torsos and the upper halves into a truck, drive off somewhere, and then who knows what went wrong, but... uh, I, I don't know. I can't imagine what was going on there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were uh, setting a trap. They were bringing all the torsos to a pit, and then we're going to put them all in a pit and uh, make it like a trap for somebody to fall in. That's but the just, only thing I can think of. Just torsos? Yeah, well, you want to be able to control these things, right? You don't want to have you know a bunch of zombies running around or getting out of your trap pit. So that's the only thing I can think of is that, or unless there are some kind of sickos like finally I can have a truckload of torsos. You know, <laughs> I've always wanted a truckload of torsos. And now that it's the apocalypse, I get myself a truckload of torsos. I'm going to load up my truckload of torsos and I'm going to head for the Hills, uh, you know, so I can enjoy them. 
Uh, that's that makes sense to me. That's all I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, weird, nonetheless, though. Very, very weird. Very weird. Uh, so they managed to get out of there, though. Yeah. And uh, we cut to them driving back along the road. Therese is in the back, not doing so well. He starts hearing the radio again. This time, re- uh, we hear things like reports of cannibalism, increasing destruction. So we're we're getting later on into the first, I guess, few days of the of yeah. the outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, Therese asks to turn it off, but suddenly he's now in the car with Bob. Beth is driving, and the girls are beside him. So. Beth is not looking where she's going. Oh, not she's at all. Turned around into the back seat and uh, just driving away. You <clears throat> well, need to you need to watch the road. Beth. Yeah, but that's that's a benefit of being a hallucination. You can you can drive without looking at the road. Yeah. Um, but she she they all tell him you know it's it's okay it's better now so it's kind of like they're giving him permission to like sort of just let go and die go, saying yeah. you'll you'll be with us you'll be with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the final shot, uh, the final shots of Tyrese's life just before he dies are of Beth, Bob, and the girls, and, uh, then the sun out the window of the car, which slowly fades to black. And, uh, we, next shot is a longer shot. They pull over, the distance shot too. They pull over to the side of the road. They lay Tyrese's body out on the ground and we cut to Tyrese being buried. So the service that we saw way back at the beginning in the cold open is actually not for Beth. It's for Tyrese. Yeah. I really like to see the shot where the, uh, the, the, uh, the SUV pulls over or the truck pulls over. It's not an SUV. Uh, Uh, and then, you know, they pull Tyrese out of the back seat and they're all kind of like, ah, crap, he died. Now we got to shoot him in the head kind of thing. But, uh, it just, it was a really kind of a lovely long shot. Mm -hmm. It was really neat. I agree, and and I like the restraint they showed. They didn't show us them shooting him in the head or stabbing him in the head. You know, they just showed him taking it, him him being laid down on the ground, basically. And right. we all know what has to happen and what's about to go on, but but they don't really need to show us that anymore. No. Certainly not with Tyrese. Um, so when they were burying him, they showed a, they had a shot of Tyrese in the ground and they laid a blanket over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not look like anybody had shot him in the head. Unless I was wrong, let me go back here. Well, I agree. It didn't really look like it. I don't know. Did you? Is there a clear shot of of his head, his face? There's a shot the of ground? his face. I'm just, you know, lots of people stab people in the side of the head with a knife, kind of thing. So maybe that's yeah. the kind of thing that that happened. I just wanted to, you know, they didn't just point blank shoot him in the forehead. No, you're right. They probably were a little more delicate about it. Maybe, maybe went in the back or in right. the side, in the temple, right? Um. You're right. I mean, you you got to believe that they wouldn't just bury the guy <laughs> um, un un brain damaged, so he's going to come back under a mound of dirt. I mean, that's that that's, wouldn't be very that's nice. just mean. It's just cruel, exactly. Um, anyways, he's being buried, and uh, like I said, the service we now know is for Tyrese, which you know no one really expected. And um, each person, well, Gabriel says some words. He finishes his uh, his um, little eulogy there. And everyone shovels some dirt into the grave. I noticed Sasha shoveled a bit, but she could barely look at it. I mean, poor yeah. Sasha. You know, she in the last week or less, she lost Bob and her brother Tyrese. Yeah. Rough, rough times for her. Um, Rick steps up next. He starts shoveling with a fair amount of determination, I thought. 
Well, you got like, he wants to get the job done. He wants to actually bury it. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to get that guy in the ground and move on. And it takes a lot of shovels with that little entrenching tool. You just I mean it's not like a full-size shovel that you can uh uh you can you know get some muscle behind. No, yeah, you got to get down on your knees and just yeah. do one little bit at a time. You're right. So he's just trying That's to why those entrenching tools are so handy cuz they're meant to be able to dig a hole while you're lying down. Like really? that's the whole point. Yeah, they're for the military, right? The well, idea is that you have an entrenching tool on your backpack so that if you get under fire and you're not prepared for it, you hit the dirt and then you pull out your entrenching hole, trenching tool and you dig a hole. <laughs> and if you had a full-size shovel, you wouldn't be able to dig a hole while you were lying down. I've never thought about trying to dig a hole while lying down before, yep. but it makes sense. That's why you need one of those little entrenching tools. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go buy one now and then go lie in my backyard in the spring and dig some holes. You should. It's good practice. <laughs> For when I'm uh, under, under fire. Under and, fire, yeah, yeah, in a field. Good. Um, well, Rick just wants to get the job done. He starts shoveling that dirt at the speed of light. Um, and then the final shot of the episode is a cross propped in the ground with Tyrese's hat on it because yep. he wore that hat like a madman and uh, and uh, that was his that was his thing. So they put the hat on there. We cut to black and the episode finishes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Season five, episode nine. Um, Tyrese is dead. Dead, dead, dead. It. Dead and buried. Dead and buried. I can't believe it. I always thought Tyrese... I Well, I you know what? I used to say I wish they would do something more with Tyrese, but this episode kind of made me feel like they did do something with Tyrese. They did. He had a whole thing. He had... He was the kind of guy that he was, and he struggled with a lot of things. He didn't want to kill people. He couldn't bring himself to do it a lot. He was, you know, he was very close with a lot of people in the group. He took care of the baby a lot, and, you know, he definitely went through his ups and downs and trials and tribulations, Mm -hmm. and it all came to this for him, you know, Um, him sort of struggling with his demons at the very end, but... He worked it out, and he said, nope, I'm the kind of guy I was, and that was that was good, and I'm okay with it. And it's better now. And it's better now. So I feel bad for Tyrese, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I was looking forward to him uh, sticking around a little while longer. I honestly thought it would be Glenn that would be dead in the next uh, episode or two. Well, you know, Glenn might not have that long to live either. I mean, the way they're going, I... I have a feeling that the back half of this season is going to kill off more people than we've had in a while. Really? I don't know why I say that, but I think we were talking earlier on, or maybe maybe on our podcast for episode uh, eight, at some point we were saying that like significant characters haven't really died in a while. Beth, of course, died, but it was probably we were probably talking before that happened. The last one might have been Herschel at the right. end of uh, season four. It was. So... You know, they got to make up for lost time. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be a slaughter from this point forward? Well, I don't think someone's going to die every episode. But and lose half a person an episode? Yeah, maybe half an episode, and they'll load the torsos in the back and just drive them around for a well, while. I'm thinking averages, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but if, if people are going to die, like, uh, I bet you Eugene is is on the chopping block. Glenn, maybe. Glenn or Maggie, one of the two. I don't know. I don't want to lose either of them, but... Who knows? Um, 
but we'll we'll see. I, I just want to get your thoughts. What did you feel about this episode, though, as a sort of mid-season premiere or just as an episode in general? How'd you like it? There was, uh, for me, it was ups and downs. Uh, I, I, in, I enjoyed the style of this episode. It seemed to be a bit of a departure as far as uh, filming style. Uh, but I liked that. I liked the uh, the home movie feel, the uh, you know the life flashing before my eyes kind of uh, feel to it. I liked the fact that we had the return of uh, ghostly characters from the past. I really liked that, uh, you know, showing up. Um, there was some parts that I just felt were kind of weak. Um, mostly the uh, inside the the compound, just kind of. Uh, it was Noah not being allowed to go into the house. It was, uh, it seemed, you know, talking, uh, I don't know, it just seemed kind of lulled there in the middle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how to how to describe it, really. And even the, you know, Noah being attacked, trying to run a, away to get help for Tyrese, him getting attacked by a couple of zombies and using some lattice work as defense just seemed a little kind of uh, hacky. I'm not sure. You know, I can see your your point there. Um, I didn't my, myself. I wasn't bothered by the the uh, Shire Wilt stuff really so much. Um, you know, it it gave Glenn and Rick an opportunity to talk. It sort of gave Glenn the moment for him to explain, you know, what's been going on with him in the last little while. Um, I agree. Having Noah being pinned down by zombies like that when he just needed to run and get help. Um, seemed a little a little weird and almost like a de- a delay tactic almost right like they needed yeah. a little more time for uh, for uh, Tyrese to 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 bleed or or to die and so they they added that in but honestly it didn't bother me that much and I feel like everything good about this episode really really outweighed anything that I can say that I didn't like about it I I thought overall it was really great I loved the style too the feel of it. Um, I think Nicotero, who directed it, did a great job oh, direct, yeah. directing yeah. this episode. Um, you know, despite what I just said, I think, you know, almost every scene sort of had a purpose and there wasn't a wasted shot in this episode. And it just felt really good for me. It felt like um, this is a great way to do a character death. You know, it wasn't drawn out super long. But it also wasn't just kind of immediate like Beth, where Beth's dead, right. done. That's it. There's nothing else. And, yeah. you know, I guess those are just two ways to approach approach it. And it depends on the scene. It depends on the scenario of the death and so on. But with Tyrese, I think he really got his due. And I agree with you. I loved bringing back those characters and having them represent what's going on inside his mind as he's, uh, you know, as he knows he's not going to survive. Yeah. Did uh so I had a couple of, you know, just uh, logistical questions. Uh I assume Noah didn't know that uh cutting off a limb will save some or could save somebody if they've been bit. Um uh, I suppose, I mean, he wasn't there when the when our group learned that when they cut off Herschel's leg, so he may have just not known. Yeah. Did Tyrese know? He would know. Tyrese right? um cuz he was there when uh wait, was he? Well, Tyrese would, you would assume that Tyrese would know that even if he wasn't there at the time with Herschel. um, He was there afterwards. He he, talked to Herschel. He was there after. He saw Herschel with his leg cut off. He would have been like, wow, it must suck to have your leg cut off. And then they would have explained what happened. Yeah. Right. So the only thing I can think of is that when he was, uh, when he was bitten on the arm, 
my first thought is if I was bitten on the arm and I knew that cutting off a limb that was uh, that was bit would save me, I would try and get somebody to cut that damn thing off. So as soon as Noah shows up, it'd be like, get a knife, get a saw, get something, cut it off. But he didn't do that. But that's okay because once you get bit by a zombie or bit by anybody where it draws that much blood, you're going to be in shock. You're not going to be thinking straight. Yeah, not only that. Also, Noah runs in, stabs a zombie in the head with a plane, and then basically just immediately yells, I'll go for help, and runs out of there. Like, even if Tyrese had thought, you know, maybe instead of running away, cut off my arm, I'm not sure he would have had the time to sort of communicate that properly. Right. Um, but yeah, I see so your... I, I don't fault him, but, uh, uh, you know, I would have I, I would have tried. If it was me, I would have tried to, uh, you know, go get something to cut this, you know, limb off. But he, it would be pretty hard for him to do that himself, right? He needs someone else to do that, and there was just no one around. Well, it depends, right? Yeah. I mean, if I was in my house and I needed to cut off somebody's arm, uh, I'd know where the tools were to do that. Mm-hmm. I have a big axe. That would work. Uh, I have a hacksaw. That would work. Uh, I have a wood saw. That might work. Uh huh. I have a couple of kitchen knives. He's not in his own house, though. Uh, Noah is. Tyrese. Oh, Noah I, is, right. Noah is, yeah. So if somebody said, I need to cut off my arm, Noah would know where to go to get the tools. Yeah, it's that's true, um, but uh, like you, it didn't really bother me that that didn't happen, because you know maybe in the moment Tyrese was just like, "Oh my God, I've been bit," and he wasn't thinking straight, right? As you said, in yeah. shock, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, so overall, I thought this was really good. This is, you know, the season five premiere episode one was a great episode, but it was great, mm-hmm. kind of for the action and the excitement and the. Uh, you know, the adrenaline of it. This one I thought was a very, very good story episode where we happened to have a major character die and it was just pulled off really well. I think I like this episode. Uh, I think this is my favorite of season five so far. You think so? I do. I think so. There was, you know, we were pretty hard on most of the episodes in season five so far in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm... I'm not, I don't regret that because you got to tell it the way it is, you know, but at the same time, we may have overlooked some of the good and focused on the bad, but this time I really don't, well, obviously we're not doing that, but I also hope we're not building it up too much, but I don't think so. I think this episode was just almost perfectly well done. It was good. I enjoyed it. Good. All right. Let us know what you think. Uh, Did you like episode nine of season five? Send your uh, uh, emails and voicemails and stuff like that in uh we of course do our feedback show on wednesday so we want to get lots of feedback from you folks and uh we'll go through it all and weed out the good from the bad and play it or read it on wednesday so there you go uh we will take a very quick break right now and when we come back we will have holy crap did you see that stay with us Jason, you're a guy who likes to buy stuff, right? 
Yeah, generally, yeah. Generally. And if there's one thing I know about you, you're also the kind of guy who uh, who just doesn't like to leave his house if he doesn't have to. Oh, God, no. Leaving the house is stupid. Exactly. So being the kind of guy who likes to buy stuff and who doesn't like to leave his house, I mean, there's really only one place you should do all of your shopping for all of the stuff you need. Well, Amazon, of course. Of course, Amazon.com. But before you go to Amazon, what you want to do is visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon and click on the Amazon store of your choice for whatever country you are in, whatever Amazon store you're shopping at. That can be Canada, the United States, Germany, Spain, France, um, or the UK. You know, what happens then is everything you buy at Amazon, a tiny little cut of that comes back to us and, you know, helps us put on this podcast here. So if you're like Jason and you don't like to leave your house, but you do like to buy stuff, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon before you do all of your shopping. Why, uh, why leave the house to buy stuff when you could buy stuff and they bring it to you? It's, it's a valid question, and I don't think there is any answer other than don't. Yeah. This podcast is entirely listener-supported, and we thank everyone for all of the support. So uh, a great way to do that, help us out, is to visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon before you do all your shopping. Click on one of the links there. We greatly appreciate it. Holy crap. Did you see that? All righty. So if there are any new listeners out there who are just tuning in for the first time, holy crap, did you see that is a segment we've been doing for a while now where, you know, what we want is people to call or write in and let us know any moments from the most recent episode where they just sat on their couch and said to whoever they were with, maybe themselves, holy crap, did you see that about something in the episode? And it can be... A little thing, a big thing, whatever. It's just a fun way to, uh, you know, call out some of the cool stuff in the uh, in the episode. So we're going to start here with a call from Chandler in Utah. Hey guys, this is Chandler from Utah. Long time, first time. Just wanted to call in with my holy crap, did you see that? And that would be Tyrese using his own bitten arm as a shield to kill the walker. I thought it was awesome. He was backed up by that bookshelf. He needed some way that he was going to be able to bash that zombie's head in with that stone thing or whatever that it was that he grabbed. And he used his own arm that had already been bitten as a shield. I thought that was so cool. Tyrese is such a beast. I was devastated to see him go. And I just I just thought that they did it in such a way that he went out with a bang. And I, re I really liked the entire scene of Tyrese in that room. And um, yeah, that's it. That's my holy crap. Um, thanks, guys, for the podcast. You do a great job, and hopefully you'll hear from me again soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Chandler. Um, so, yeah, obviously Tyrese using his own arm as a shield, which we talked about already. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, that probably takes a fair bit of, um, you know, not forethought, but just awareness in the moment to be like, you know what? I'm already bit. I can just put that bite mark right back in that zombie's mouth, and I don't have to worry about it. Testicular fortitude. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, that's what it takes. <laughs> it's not like he put his testicles in the zombie's mouth. Oh, no, no, that would be a mistake. <laughs> I don't care how uh, how bit you are, that's a mistake. That is not a good idea. Yeah. All right, one more call before we get to some written submissions. Whoa, and it's from uh, Dave in Syracuse. Hey, guys, this is Dave in Syracuse. I'm calling regarding the last night's episode where our friend Tyrese unfortunately was bitten. Um, it's not only a holy crap did you see that, more to continuity error. The blue car that they're driving around, if you look when they're parking near the wreck, the taillights were the, are the ones that I think that Daryl smashed out. You can see there they're, they're definitely damaged, and parts, and parts of them are missing. But look at the scene towards the end, about the uh, minute 57 mark of the episode. Um, you can see as they're driving down the road and coming to a stop because they realize Ty- Tyrese has, you know, passed away, the taillights are completely intact. So I don't know what happened to those taillights in between, but I think somebody um, in the continuity department kind of messed up. Um, what do you guys think? Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Dave. Um, so taillights, I-, I don't think they're the same taillights that Daryl smashed. That was a different car. Mm-hmm. That was a little sedan. This was a truck, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't myself notice that there was a difference. Um, part of that is probably because I've started to train myself not to worry about that stuff too much. Not to say that, you know, Dave, it's not a good catch or anything like that. Um, but if you, I find just with me, if I look for stuff like that, I end up spending all my time worrying about things like that instead of enjoying the episode. I didn't notice either, but it does sound like it's a continuity issue that they uh, they didn't catch unless, you know, somebody's randomly walking around the forest uh, fixing up cars. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's what Mr. Zombie Torso was doing. He's like, I need these guys to, like, hold stuff while I fix things and like, yeah. clamp on, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're basically uh, living or, you know, undead clamps. Undead clamps, that's right. Um, but this, this sort of thing happens in the show all the time. Like the one that really got me was a couple seasons ago when Daryl, um, and Merle are walking through the forest, I think. And Daryl, Daryl's tattoos are reversed and it's because on his, on his arms and it's because they flipped the negative or whatever. And because they wanted to have him walk off to the left instead of the right or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I got obsessed with that and I thought how annoying it was, but. That's kind of when I was like, you know what? I got to stop worrying about that. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Jessica in Long Island wrote, this one is actually a holy crap. Did you not see that? Where the crap was Karen? I am sure it was an issue of logistics and not being able to get Melissa Ponzio. But wouldn't she have made more sense on an emotional and narrative level than, say, Beth, with whom Tyrese's interactions have been few? Huh. Karen not there. It's a good point. Like, you'd think of all the people, um, Karen, I mean, Tyrese was in love with her. He spent lots of time with her. They, you know, he found her burned out body that Carol had burned. You'd think that she would have shown up in his uh, hallucination. Yeah, she probably would have. And, you know, it's, it's a show logistics issue, I think. It's either they tried to get her and she wasn't available, or they didn't try to get her because they could get David Morrissey. And if you had a choice between Karen and, you know, the governor, you'd choose the governor. Sadly, I, I agree with you there. Um, Melissa was a wonderful person whom we met down in Atlanta and chatted with for a minute. But 
Yeah. When you have the governor, you get the governor. Well, all the other characters were uh, were personal to him um, and recent. Uh, and the governor was probably the longest dead out of that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the longest dead. But he's such an iconic character that everybody would know who he is. If Karen showed up, uh, there might be an issue of who's that? You would be get your casual fan probably going, yeah, who's who's that? Never seen her before, right? But not uh, even casual fan. I mean, I've watched Game of Thrones uh, every season since it first came out. Uh, after the first season, and uh, you know, you watch uh, watching a show, and all of a sudden a character shows up. It's like, who the hell is that again? I don't remember <laughs> that guy at all. Well, Game of Thrones has a lot of characters, and it's a pretty... Well, yeah, so there's a lot of characters in this show, too. That's true. That's true. So, you know, if you take a, you know, not even... I'm not, I'm saying not even casual, I might have gone, who the hell is that at first, mm-hmm. right? It wouldn't probably just go, oh, there's Karen. Yeah. You know, it, w- it would take me a couple of seconds and to remember what the hell's going on. So I think they probably made uh, the right choice mm-hmm. in Karen not be there. But you, you're absolutely right. It uh, From a, you know, a personal point of view to... Uh, Tyrese, Karen would have been there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Beth was very recent. That's why she was there. The 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 two girls, Lizzie and Mika, they you know were a big part of um, what Tyrese went through after the prison. You know, yeah, yep. they were with him for a long time. Um, uh, what's his name? Martin, who was sitting against the wall again, pretty recent, and turns out you know not killing him was a led to a lot of things happening with with yeah. the terminus people coming back. Bob of course just died and Bob was with Tyrese's sister so that makes sense and like you said the governor's an iconic character. So all totally made sense to be there. Um but Karen probably should have been included as well. Yeah. Okay, uh thank you Lauren for that one. Samantha in Ohio writes, "Holy crap, did you notice the symbols on the heads that fell out of the truck?" They looked very similar to the ones we've been seeing on the trees in the woods. Wonder if that means the same people who made them took out Noah's town. I didn't notice any symbols on the zombies' heads that fell out of the truck. And the other thing is, this is 500 miles away, so it would be unlikely that they were related. It would be unlikely, and I'm going to take a look and see if I can find the symbols on the heads. All right, well... Um, yeah, I didn't notice any. Uh, there was a zombie in the first half of this season. What was it? It was one of the zombies, I think, maybe that was pushing out of the school where, um, or somewhere that had a happy face on its forehead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that? Um, I do. And I think that may have just been a sort of a funny accident, but, you know, it's not the first time zombies have had symbols or pictures drawn on their foreheads. All right, there's a what looks like a W on one of the zombies on the uh, close up, but that just might be uh, like her face is pretty chewed up, so I think it might just be random cracks or cuts. Yeah, Let's see if we get another one. Uh, no, it might be a deliberate W on that one. That's kind of interesting. Well, you know, if someone's cutting zombies in half and transporting their torsos somewhere, maybe they're marking their foreheads to keep track of them or something. Right. This is zombie torso A, this is zombie torso B, and they've gotten all the way to W. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a deliberate uh, a deliberate W on that one. Interesting. Oh, wait. More? More symbols? I think all Ws. I saw a second W. Interesting. And a third one. 
Yep, they're all Ws. Okay, well, that is interesting. I'm going to read the next one here from Shannon on the internet, and she writes, When they arrive in Noah's town, you can see the words, Wolves Not Far, spray-painted on a wall in the background. This has to mean something, right? Um, so, and obviously it must. Now, wolf starts with W. It does. I've heard that. <laughs> in in case you were, you know, failed grade <laughs> two spelling, the word wolf starts with W. So is there a connection between the W's on the foreheads of these zombies and the wolves? Were these, I believe there is. is. I believe there is a direct correlation between the letter W carved on the zombies and wolves <laughs> nearby. We have no idea what wolves refers to. It could refer to actual wolves. It could refer to anything, really. A group of people who were attacking the town, and they called themselves the Gang of Wolves. I don't know. Right. Um, maybe these people had wolf problems because they were in the middle of a forest, and they would drive zombie torsos out into the forest and dump them as food for the wolves to keep the wolves at bay. Wolves don't eat carrion. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in the zombie apocalypse they do. No, I think the wolves would be fine. They'd still be hunting deer and, uh, I don't know if they eat deer, but they'd be hunting rabbits and various, uh, you know, foxes and whatever else wolves eat. Mice. I don't know. But I don't think that, uh, you know, you'd be bringing out Undead torsos well, for uh, for the wolves. I don't think the wolves would. You know, they'd be like, "What the hell are you doing, buddy? I'm not going to eat that crap." Well, maybe the wolves. Maybe it keeps the wolves away. Then maybe they don't come near it. Maybe maybe the, maybe the undead torsos are like scarecrows that can move their arms around, and they prop them up, and then the wolves are like, "Ooh, we can't go over there. There's people there." I don't know. Right. And and they mark them with W because like these zombies are going to be the wolf scarecrows. Okay, so that's the best explanation. That even beats out the uh, I've always wanted a truckload of torsos uh, theory. <laughs> yeah, because that's a whole theory right there. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, we will see. I don't know. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll find out what that wolves thing means, and uh, maybe it'll connect to the W's on those zombies. But again, good catch, Shannon. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Randy from Romeo, uh, I guess, writes, the biggest holy crap moment for me is the sad way in which that Tyrese had to go. I mean, a bite on the arm from a little kid zombie. <laughs> I don't think he's too happy with that, but yeah. uh, there you go. Paul in Bakersfield writes, Holy crap, did you see that even when Beth is dead, we still have to hear her sing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Beth. <laughs> yeah. Gets no respect. Even the service wasn't for Beth. They probably just ditched her body and went on their merry no, way. No, one of the one of the shots was uh, Maggie uh, sitting on the side of the road. The shot was from inside the truck or yeah. the car or whatever she was in. She was bawling her eyes out, and that's not for Tyrese. Well, maybe it is. Actually, she really didn't give a flying Sam about uh, <laughs> about Beth at all, right? No, nope. it's like oh, there, oh, she's dead. Okay, well, I'm upset about that, but uh, we'll just dump her body on the side of the road and move on. Oh, my God, Tyrese died. I'm going to completely break down here because <laughs> he was awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it, Beth did not get respect, and even in, in the afterlife. or even Maggie in, hated her. After this, she's not getting any respect. Anyways, Paul, like I said earlier, I don't think we will hear Beth sing anymore, but I recommend going to see Emily Guinea in concert. It's a nice experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris in the UK writes, my holy crap was that the newsreader on the radio was clearly Andrew Lincoln using something a lot closer to his real voice than when he's Rick. 
And I agree with Chris. I thought this as soon as I heard that voice. That's Andrew Lincoln. That's uh, Rick with a British accent. Really? Yeah, because, of course, Andrew Lincoln is British and has a British accent. <laughs> um, but if you go back and listen, it really, really sounds like him. You know what else I thought it reminded me of? What? Do you remember in Shaun of the Dead when uh, they have the TV on near the beginning and there's um, there's this oh, yeah. British news anchor, you know, talking about what's going on. And, of course, he's British, has the accent, and he says things. Uh, one of the key line is something like, oh, remove the brain or destroy the skull and remove the brain or something like that. Yep. Um, and this news report reminded me of that. I'm like, they should have got the Shaun of the Dead guy, who's a well-known broadcaster, and put him on the radio here. That's true. Instead, though, I think they used Andrew Lincoln. Because <laughs> why not? He's there. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like an extra half an hour in the uh, recording studio doing ADR, so why not? If he not? plays uh, two different parts, a radio announcer and uh, you know Rick, does he get paid twice? Probably. So he's up for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks, Chris. Donnie on the internet writes, My holy crap moment is how fast Noah and his gimp leg got away from Tyrese to run to his old house. Tyrese couldn't catch him and stop him. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like we And a, a bunch of people sent this one in. Thanks to everyone who sent it. But uh, it kind of is true. It's like the guy has yeah. a twisted ankle. You know, he is having trouble walking, but then he can sprint off like a marathon runner. and <laughs> Tyrese can't keep up. It's true. When uh, the adrenaline's pumping, your uh, your minor injuries just uh, are not noticeable. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so maybe he was just, you know, he just had it going, and he just took off, and I don't know. Tyrese is weighed down by his hammer and his hat and all the other stuff he has on. So Yeah, he, that hat has got to weigh, you know, so much. Probably can't run that fast. Have a, I, I think he has a hard time holding his head up. Well, you know, he's he's obviously too hot. He's wearing a hat all the time, especially, I know they were in Virginia now, but especially in Georgia, it's hot down there. You don't need a hat. Uh, anyways, next one comes from Matt in uh, Clementon, New Jersey. Holy crap, did you see that? When Noah, when saving Noah, the group came across the walker who had rebar in his neck, which deflected Michonne's sword. That led to the ultra-cool death where Rick pulled the rebar from the walker's neck and then sliced his head open with it. It was an awesome quick scene. Nice. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't realize that Rick used the rebar to kill that zombie. I I thought I recognized that, yeah. I, I, think, I think I caught that. Well, that's cool. That is a very cool, awesome quick scene. Thanks, Matt. Josephine in Vancouver writes, Holy crap, did you notice that Tyrese died in Richmond, Virginia? And the actor, Chad Coleman, was born in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, my God. That is truly eerie, she says. <laughs> it's like the show was like, okay, we're going to Richmond. Chad L. Coleman's from Richmond. He's got to die. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him from being for being from Richmond. Yeah, exactly. Uh, James in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Holy crap. The Walking Dead is holding strong in the one African-American male in the group metric. Barely 20 minutes into the episode, and Mr. I-can-stand-in-the-middle-of-a-horde-of-adult-zombies-and-not-get-a-scratch Tyrese gets taken out by a 13-year-old. Uh, a bunch of people sent this one in, too. Um, there's, a, there's a thing online that people seem to be tracking, is that on The Walking Dead, it seems like every time they introduce, introduce a new black character, they kill off the last one. Um, T-Dog got killed off. Yep. Uh... I think when Tyrese showed up, now Noah's showed up and they've killed off Tyrese. 
it is a little strange that that keeps it is happening. A strange. But at the same time, it 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 is what it is. I don't really sort of apply any meaning to it. It's just what they're doing. I don't think it's a race issue. I don't think it's a you know you have to kill off the black guy because the black guy shows up. Mm-mm. I certainly would hope not. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just it is what it is. Like you know, that's it. Oh, and Bob died as soon as uh, Gabriel showed up. <laughs> There's, there's, Coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's it's happened a number of times, but uh, we have we have currently Noah and and Gabriel. So right, I guess we can expect one of them to die in the next episode. I guess so. I don't know. All right, uh, Angie in Birmingham writes, "Holy crap, they're going to need a new babysitter." <laughs> <laughs> Beth died. Was a babysitter for oh, a while. Yeah. Tyrese yeah. died. And uh, that's the thing is that everybody, everyone that takes care of uh, Judith uh, gets killed off. That seems to be a thing, too. So who's going to be hauling Judith around as they progress the next hundred miles to uh, to Washington? That's the question. And whoever it is will probably get to Washington and immediately fall down a hole and die. It looked like Carl because Carl was hanging on to uh, Judith at the uh, at the funeral. Oh, you're right. Carl had her. Uh oh, Carl's in for it. Yeah, she's the uh, she's the harbinger of death, I guess. Jeez, that's bad. You you don't want to be traveling with the, har- the harbinger of death, baby. <laughs> well, you don't want to be the harbinger of death, baby. No, that's true. That's too. just bad karma. It sure is. All right. Finally, Katie in the UK writes: Holy crap, Tyrese is gone. The big teddy bear has left the building. This is something I didn't see coming. I know the world of The Walking Dead isn't for the nice guys or the goody two-shoes shoes types, but I really thought Tyrese would keep on going because even though he was the nice guy, he was a survivor, and that was the thing that got to me the most. Tyrese okay, kept... I want to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Tyrese kept on fighting even when he was bit. He fought to the very end. Rest in peace, Tyrese. There's also another lesson to learn here. Unfortunately, even the nice guys finish last. I am the goody two shoes type. So uh, you're toast. Well, no, it's just that he, he was saying uh, that the Walking Dead is not for the uh, the goody two shoes type. But uh, I I feel that I am the goody two shoes. I was wasn't always the goody two shoes type, but I I definitely am now. Mm. Well, good thing the zombie apocalypse isn't actually happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Eh? <laughs> Yet. Oh man, I'm so dead if that happens. Yeah. I'm like seriously. I might as well just lie on the front lawn. And wait. <laughs> you might as well just lie on the road in front of your house and hope you get run over before a zombie gets you. <laughs> that could be. Jump in front of a bus. Yeah. Get her done. All right. Well, thank you, Katie, for that. I thought it was a uh, fitting end to Tyrese here. Unfortunately, even the nice guys finished last. And uh, that's it for Tyrese. And that's it for Holy Crap, Did You See That? Thanks, everyone, for writing in. Anything else before we wrap it up here, Mr. Miles? No, I am good. All right. Two shoes. Oh, you sure are. All right. So on Wednesday, we will do our feedback show. So keep the Mm -hmm. feedback coming. There's a bunch there already, but uh, we want to cram in as much as we can. And um, if you want to send feedback, you can do so in a number of ways. The first of which is to call us on our top secret toll-free phone number. That's 1-844-483-9662. You can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Dead, or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. 
you can use all those methods to send in entries in the Record Your Favorite Scene contest as well. Um, and I should just say, for any new listeners, the idea is pick a scene from any season of The Walking Dead, record it with you or your friends. It can be short, it can be long, um, and uh, you can do all the parts yourself or whatever and then send it in to us and we have a really good prize at the end of Season 5 for our favorite uh, recording. <clears throat> um, okay, I think that is going to do it. So we'll see you on Wednesday, everyone. Until then, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.